Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. The, the revelations coming forth are, are, are awesome, and uh, I would just like for you all to lean in and see what God might speak to you through through these three speakers today. Uh, first being my lovely wife, Rowena Bay, would you come on up? Give her a hand. I, was, I, yeah, I figured you got it. Um, she trades around a farm all day. and Oh, yeah, it's true. It's different. Um, yeah, and so, and so when, when you're done... You can just hand it off to Kirk is next, and then, then Manessa. You guys just, just, just hand it off. And if, if you go over time, I'll jump up with a flag, and I'll just I'll shut you down. Let's just start off with prayer. Lord Jesus, we commit these messages to you, Father. You've prepared them in our hearts, and you've been working them in our lives over this year. And Father, I pray that your words would come out this morning, Lord, that your message would come into the hearts of these people And Father, that your words would stick, that they would produce fruit, and they would produce a harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. I remember the first time I ever watched a movie in a movie theater with an American audience. I didn't realize that I missed out on jokes. But I was sitting in this movie, I don't remember what movie it was, but I remember sitting there, and the people to my left would start laughing, and I'd be like, what was funny? And then the people to my right would start laughing. I'm like, I am missing out on everything. And then I would laugh at bits that no one else would laugh at. But no, I, I realized, <laughs> yeah, I realized that I had some ignorance to American humor. And I mean, in New Zealand, we do have American movies. I occasionally have people ask me if we speak English in New Zealand. I said, we just started speaking it last year. It's the newest thing. We like it. You know, so we do have American movies in New Zealand, but apparently I don't get all the jokes. And so it wasn't until I sat in a room with a whole lot of Americans that I was like, oh my goodness, I am missing out on stuff. I am obviously ignorant. Now I can sit in an audience and I'm like, oh, 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 I get that one. Yes, I have that one. Yeah, I'm very Americanized now. But as Harry was asking me what verse I wanted to share on, I was praying through it, and there's a verse about being ignorant of spiritual things. So I think it will appear up on this magical screen. Look at that. Colossians 1, 13. For he has rescued us from. Now that rescued means a current. It means to rush or draw. So I imagine myself... um, to be in his boat. And if you're in a boat and a current is taking you, you'll go where the current goes. If you're flailing, you may not travel with the current or not, or if you're stuck on the ground. But it's rescued as a current, it's to draw, and rescued us from is an origin, it's a point of origin. The dominion of darkness. Now, of course, when I first read this verse, I was like, oh, well, okay, that's just Satan's stuff, you know, got that. But as I read in the Greek what that actually meant, it was delegated influence. It means it's, it's influence that you have said you can have influence on my life. It's a shadow. It's ignorance of divine things and human duties and accompanying ungodliness and the eternal consequences that come from those. And he has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. And that talks about causing us to stand into his kingdom. It's a movement. As you walk into a room, you're moving into that room. He is causing us to stand into his kingdom. I know that sounds crazy in English, but that's literally what it's talking about. We're moving from one group, standing with one group, to another group. A couple of years ago, we had some people in our life that uh, were a little bit unfair to us, me and Harry. And, um, and I had to work through a whole lot of um, stuff with that and not holding offense against them. And I thought I'd forgiven that person. I, I, when I thought of that person, I did not feel bad towards them. Um, I had no, no feelings of unforgiveness with them, and, and that was fine. And, and that happened a couple of years ago. And then about a year ago, I started um, with my 
with my hormones, women love to talk about hormones, I'm not usually a girl that has much up and down with my hormones, but I started about every three or four months, I would get a really sad day. And let me just tell you, for any of those people that struggle with depression, oh my goodness, that is hard. So I would have one day every three or four months where I would just be really sad. And then I'd wake up the next morning and I'd be fine. And then about six months ago, it turned into about three days in the month that I was really sad. And then the next month, it turned into five days that I was really sad. And it was, it was starting to get much worse. And I shared with people in the church, I'm like, oh my goodness, do you deal with this? Of course, Harry thought I was pre-menopause, which I said, oh, I am way too young for that. So you just need to back off, buddy. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I got slapped. But... <laughs> But there was obviously something going on with my hormones. And so, you know, wonderful CBD oil. I got a hold of one of my friends that um, takes sell CBD oil, and that stuff worked. Let me tell you, that definitely, as long as I was incredibly religious with taking it, which I am terrible at taking stuff, terrible. Harry would ask me in the morning, did you take your stuff? Oh, no, I forgot. Oh, dear. You know, so I, if I, as long as I was strict with taking it, but I could always feel these sad thoughts just waiting there to come and grab me if I didn't take the CBD oil. And so I did that for a couple of months and it was good. That was fine. It was under control. And, um, and I was I was, I was working through emotional stuff as well, just to check that I didn't have psychological um, baggage going on that I needed to deal with. Be responsible on both sides. And then I was at a small group. Um, I very much encourage you to be in small groups because there are some wise people in small groups. I was at my small group and I was telling my small group that I had had a week at the farm that was just ridiculous. If you don't know, I look after 70 million animals. And, um, and that particular week, like nearly every animal on the farm had decided to get sick. I had foster kittens that had respiratory infections, and I had horses that were colicking, and I had my dog had done, was doing crazy things. She had this horrible cough, and just every day more animals went down. The chickens got chicken pox. Who knew that was a thing, but it really is. And, um, and it was just every single day. And so I went to my small group that week, and I said, oh, my goodness, guys, this week has been crazy. I've got, like, 10 medical procedures that I need to do with 20 animals every day, and I'm just trying to keep up. And one of the people in the group said, oh, Ro, do you think that that might be spiritual? And I'm not quick to, to say, the devil's getting me. You know, like I just, I don't really tend to do that. And so I stopped for a second. I said, oh, that's interesting. And they said, you know, because it's so similar, because it's all health and it's all on the animals on your farm, just go away and pray about it. So I did. I went away. I went home and prayed about it. And God really showed me some stuff that was sitting on our farm from before our time, and it was still there, and it was having an effect on an animal. So he had me on a spiritual warfare thing for a week. Now, in the middle of that week, I was sitting outside on our patio um, early in the morning, having my quiet time, and the Lord said to me, oh, Rowena, you haven't forgiven that person. I was like, oh, okay. And so I said, I forgive them, Lord. Now, as soon as I said that, I started dry heaving, like seven times, I thought I was going to vomit. I was like, oh, I don't feel sick. But I started dry heaving, and then that stopped, and I got on with my quiet time. And I noticed that day that those feelings of sadness weren't lurking anymore. And I'm now two or three months down the track, and they've gone completely. And this verse, he rescued us from the dominion of darkness, the influence that I allowed into my life. I would have never told you, I would have never guessed that this hormonal stuff that I was having was a darkness, was a a spiritual oppression. I would never have guessed that until the Lord, through my small group, started showing me stuff. And then it was so easy. I've always heard that deliverance, you know, I've seen it in my other churches, kicking and screaming and spitting, and I'm like, back away from the crazy people. You know, like I just wasn't interested in it. And this deliverance, one was life-changing. These thoughts were horrible. I mean, the CBD oil was keeping it under control, but for how long? Who knows? I was always worried that they'd stop producing CBD oil, and then I'd be crazy again or something like that, you know? And, <laughs> and what if they stop this fear? And, um, and so I, I came that day just having my normal quiet time. The Lord told me that I had forgiveness, unforgiveness in my heart. I didn't know that. If you had asked me if I had unforgiveness to that person, I would have never known. 
and he told me, and then he carried me out of it. Like he did all the work. He came and he told me, this is what you need to do, and then we're going to take it off you. Just like that. I didn't even know I was sick, apart from my silly hormones. But I didn't know I was spiritually sick. And so I want to encourage you today, as I've you know, been learning about this, I heard a guy say the other day that demons are like vultures. Vultures only circle on my farm when there's dead things. I don't see vultures when there's no dead animal out there. Demons will only circle when there's flesh to feed on. When there's stuff that you are not doing God's way. That's when they get to circle and pounce and when they get authority and when they get influence. But when the Holy Spirit shows you that stuff, stay in his boat. When he shows you, it is as easy as walking in alignment with him and it falls off. It's not hard. It is literally just coming and saying, Lord, I will say yes to you. I will do what you do. Have quick obedience. And it has to fall away. It has no influence anymore. Okay, that's what I had to share. Mr. Kirk, you're up. I'm going to help you down. You're going to help me down? Well, I mean, sorry. Uh, so, I'm going to try to not drop my phone. And uh, I will uh, attempt to not cry through this whole thing. So, um, this <laughs> thanks. Uh, Manessa prayed for me earlier, and hopefully I got all my crying out then. Um, so, you know, there's, there's hoping, right? Uh, so, mostly what this is going to be is a, uh, a confession about one of the traps, Okay. So Harry asked me to look into this stuff, and uh, Scripture got me, and uh, God revealed something in me that uh, I've known about, but I don't like, and I kind of really don't know really how to handle it. Um, I mean, other than, you know, going through the things that we've talked about here, you know, giving it to God. So here's the confession. I believe that I can earn God's love. And, and I know that's not true. Um, and I know that here, that it's, it's not something I can actually do, but this thing believes that, and so it's kind of hard to get from here to here sometimes, right? We, we learned a while back in the pyramid that we got to get from our actions to, what was the second level? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, beliefs, and then to our identity, right? We've got to move up from uh, what our actions to our beliefs to our, who we actually are, right? Uh, and I haven't made it past that. I, I, uh, I've had this fake it till you make it mentality, and I think that's common amongst Christians. So I hope you can identify with this. So this is the scripture, Colossians 3.23, I think it might be up here. Yeah, whatever you do. Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. I really identify with the first part of the scripture. The second part is not as instructive as I, I would like it to be. <laughs> it's a little bit vague, and I'm like, I need more in that. I, I get, I understand how to put my nose to the grindstone and grind things out. I got that. I know how to do that. Like, I was born to grind it out. I, I, uh, I, I've grown up with dyslexia and dysgraphia, and school was hard for me. School, learning still is difficult for me. Um, and everything that I've learned, whether it's music or everything, has been a grind for me. And so I get, I get to to work it out. Uh, the first part of this, this verse tells me to work. The second part reminds me of an altar. It says, um, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. See, 
Sorry, the first part reminds me of the altar. Um, the altar, you see, like we set this thing up uh, as humans. We set this thing up, and on this altar, if we want to get God's favor, we put stuff on it, right? And so when times are good, we want to keep that going, right? So we put a little bit more on there, see if we can, you know, grease the wheel a little bit, right? Get, get God's, more of God's favor, so he keeps on doing that more. But sometimes, you know, harvest is not that good, and we have to put more on there. And so that's what we end up with, this man-made altar that we keep on feeding, and we keep on feeding, and we keep on feeding. And that's what work is in our lives. Uh, oops. The second part tells me how to work. Because different employers have different expectations. At this job, you need to dress a certain way. You, have, you need to have a uniform. And this job, you don't have to have a uniform. Uh, this job, you need to show up at this time. And this job, you can work at home in your PJs, you know? There are different expectations for different employers. Um, this one, this part of the verse tells us that we, uh, we're supposed to be working for God. And he has different expectations of us. Um, and I, I want to show this second scripture. In James 2.18, it says this. Uh, but someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. But uh, show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. A lot of times we take this scripture to mean, like I said earlier, we can fake it till we make it. And that's not what the scripture is talking about. It's a perversion that we've, we put in because it's the easier way. It's a more natural way of dealing with this. The, the presupposition of this statement is that faith is there first, not the works. And, and I was taught a while back uh, by a youth pastor that, that if, if something's not coming naturally, just fake it. And, and it, it'll come along. And that's not what God wants from us. Because that becomes our mode uh, of worship. That becomes, uh, that becomes our, our way of, of service. And that's not what God wants from us. Uh, we misread this scripture because um, we have our own understanding of, of scripture. We have our own uh, understanding of human beings. And we apply those beliefs to uh, a holy God. And we don't understand holiness. Um, a third set of scriptures, I don't know if it's all going to fit, in, uh, in Exodus 20. I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor, your, uh, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. So nobody, nobody work on this day. It, uh, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, made it holy. What this tells me and how this applies to this is that our God is, is a different kind of employer. My work ethic has, has, has garnered uh, favor with employers because they like that guy who comes in early and works late or work off, off the clock. Uh, put, chairs when he's not up, put chairs up when he's not asked. Uh, be available at, at all any position that he's available. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but that's how I've uh, tried to gar garner your love. Um, I'm not typing, so can't undo that. 
Um, I do it with my wife. I do it with my family. I do it with my friends. My God says, stop, that you're not enough, and that's the way I designed you on purpose. So as, as, I, as I read through these scriptures and, and scripture after scripture jumped um, in, I, uh, I was given this vision from, from God, I suppose. Um, it's definitely from God. So the, <laughs> the picture, I suppose, I don't know why I said I suppose. Whatever. Um, the picture I was given was uh, me with a shovel, and I'm working. I am just, I'm using that shovel because I know how to use that tool because I have developed the calluses on my hands and I've got the blisters and I'm working with that shovel. And God comes to me and says, put the shovel down. And I'm, I'm like, no, God, I'm, I'm, I'm building you an altar, God. He says, no, you're not. You're digging a hole. Um, and so if I was going to title this little talk, I would title it, Put Down the Shovel, You're Digging a Hole. And so that's kind of my challenge to us is um, God doesn't work your, need your works. He doesn't want your works. He, he can work on his own. In fact, uh, I talked about this not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before with the, the kids is that um, Jesus said God is, is always at work. And his creation, you just see it. The stars come up on one side and they end up on the other. The, the moon comes up and goes down. And galaxies stay where they're supposed to be. And our earth is tilted at 23 degrees on purpose because God is at work. And he, doesn't, he didn't design me to hold that together. And, and that's my challenge for you is don't try to hold the world um, and don't fall into that trap. Um, God's been really speaking to me about unity. Um, and I have a couple scriptures, and this isn't an order, but I'd like to go to um, John 17, 20 and 21. And I read from the Amplified. I'm wordy, just FYI. Um, <laughs> I do not pray for these alone. It is not for their sake only that I make this request, but also for all all those who will ever believe and trust in me through their message that they may be one just as you father are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us so that the world may believe without a doubt that you sent me I mean <laughs> you guys Jesus took the time while he was here to pray that was his request. And he didn't just request it of the ones he knew of right then that were following him. He requested it for us. Us. Like he was praying for us. And he's still praying for us and still interceding for us. And I'm going to have to keep my hand on this thing or I'm going to have to log in every single time I look up. So there's that. Um. So when, when I got asked to do this, I was like, there's so much that hit me these past six months, you guys. Like, I'm, I know, like all of us have grown so much, and there was so much amazing scripture that I was like, okay, what? Um, and I went to, to 3.5 about putting to death. So can we go there? So put to death and deprive of power the evil longings of our earthly body with its sensual, self-centered instincts immorality, impurity, sinful passion, evil desire, and greed, which is a kind of idolatry because it replaces your devotion to God. So I said, okay, put to death. What does that mean? 
put to death. And I heard things like choke out, like deprive of power, it's right in there. Um, I kind of saw like where you smother something and you deprive it of oxygen. But what hit me in this was not all the, yes, the things that we put to death, but those brackets. I like the brackets if I don't have time to go and do the blue letter Bible, it helps. That's why I like this version, just FYI. But it said self-centered instincts. Self-centered, me-focused instincts. And out of those me-focused instincts is all this, this, that we are to put to death. So I said, okay, God, if we're to put this to death, if we're to deprive of power, if we are to deprive of oxygen, if we're deprived of life, what do we fan? What do we give life to? What do we um, continue to walk in? What do we, because normally it's, it's, it's a scripture, it's a principle I've noticed that you don't, it's an exchange. There's not just, you don't just put this to death. You don't clean the house and not put more in it, right? Like, and so what are we, what are we doing next? And, and, and so I, I read, and this isn't all on here, but as I was kind of preparing, so I'm going to read a little bit because it, it, all, it all connects, and then we'll, there actually will be some, some scripture here you can follow, I promise. So as God's own chosen people who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, and well-beloved by God himself, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantries comes with good temper, bearing graciously with one another, willingly forgiving each other if one has a cause of complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you should forgive. So I'm going to stop there for just a second because that was a lot, right? Put on all these things. Forgive. And then I was like, cause of complaint. You guys, we have lots of causes for complaint. And if we were really honest with ourselves, we probably complain in our hearts a lot more often than we actually verbalize our complaints. And I think that sometimes we don't acknowledge that there's actually something there. We don't acknowledge that there's a complaint there. We don't, we kind of should on ourselves. Oh, I shouldn't feel that way. I'm just gonna pivot and move on. But what happens when we don't, Take those things to God. See, this is a relationship we have with this amazing God. And he's omnipotent and he knows all. But there is power in communicating to him and with him about what is going on in our heart. That builds this communion with him, this relationship with him. So every complaint that we have, everyone, the little ones, the, the big ones, where people really do do us wrong. And then sometimes when it's just kind of like our own crap, you know what I mean? Yes, I said that on the pulpit. Because um, that happens too. Like, it does. But all of it. Take all of it. So he can deal with all of it. So there can be deliverance. So there can be healing. So, so that, that stuck out to me. Because I, I think that that was interesting. Um, as, that, that was important. It wasn't just about put on all these things. But don't, like, I've forgiven you. So forgive each other. Then I'm going to go to 14. Beyond all these things, put on and wrap yourselves in unselfish love, which is the perfect bond of unity. For everything is bound together in agreement when each one seeks the best for others. You guys. So we die to ourself and our selfish instincts and our self-centered ways so that we can then walk in love. We walk and wrap ourselves in his love so that we can be unified. As I was going through this, I was like, wow, Lord, are we truly, if we have places in our hearts where we are not dead to these things or we're not in unity with each other, we're missing out on unity with you. We're missing out on, on opportunities and, 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 and relationship with you because, because we're not walking in, in what you've called us to, this, this unity, this love. I have so much, I promise I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, not go on too long. He's going to wave the flag, I know it. But, and then I was like, okay, God, well, why is this so important to you? 
Like, I get it. I hear you. Unity. And he talks of James 4. Like, it's everywhere. Like, I love that about the more I read the word, the more I'm seeing that, like, a lot of the same things are said differently, which is awesome. Like, really, really core principle things of following Jesus and walking with each other are just rinsed and repeated over and over again. And I just think that that's amazing. But he talks about it a lot. And we're to walk in unity. I was like, well, why is this so important? What is this? And I went back up to... To, let's go to, back to John 17, and I thought that this was, and I never really realized this before. I've read this, and I knew that this was his heart, and I thought that, wow, God, if this is so important to you, let it be important to me. I want, I want a heart that's so after you that I want, I want to be focused on what it is you're focused on. And if you're focused on this, um, I want to be focused on this too. But, but I didn't really understand why. And if we go to, let's go to 21, that you may, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one with us, so that the world may believe without a doubt that you sent me. Our unity is a reflection. It is a revelation to the world that Jesus is the Christ, that he is one with the Father. Our unity has power. So our disunity is the opposite of that. So when we are walking in disunity, we are depriving the world of the reflection of Jesus. We're depriving each other of love and we are missing out on, on God. And, 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 and it's subtle, you guys. It's subtle. And so just as Rose said, a you know, quick obedience quick obedience to repent, a quick obedience to forgive, a quick obedience to love, uh, uh, just as he nudges. But, and then something, as we were processing this, uh, something was said to me, and I think that this is awesome, and I'm going to steal at PH because I, I thank you in advance. Um, fear of disunity is not unity. So perfect love has no fear in it. So if there's any place in us that is afraid of not performing or afraid of, did I really forgive them? Or are they going to stop making CBD oil? Right? <laughs> then, then love hasn't been perfected in us. Um, and I've been afraid of those things. And I want God's love to be perfected in me. I want to love you guys the way he loves. And I want to receive his love in fullness. But as I was thinking about this, I just was reminded of the amazing grace that, that, that as we walk in this journey, that's what it is. And he is so okay with our imperfections and he made us this way. And he's so okay with the fact that we are still figuring out how to love. And, and it's beautiful. Um, so let's grow together in unity, in love of our Father, of each other. Um, and I won't go into it, but I did notice that the scripture about us singing songs and hymns over each other, it comes after all that. Like we're, we're forgiving, we're putting to death, we're ridding ourselves, we're putting on, we're forgiving, we're walking in love, and then we're exhorting each other and building each other up. I, I just think there's just this beautiful order in that. Um, and I'm grateful for every single one of you guys. God bless you all. Thank you. Christian, I'm excited to hear what you've got to say. Man, you're going to have to forgive me. I'm not feeling too well today. Kind of feeling under the weather. So if my voice starts cracking. I start going up an octave. That's why um, you'll just have to. Just have to deal with it. But uh, when Pastor Harry asked me to bring a sermon, I immediately began to pray, see what God wanted me to talk about. And that's when I believe he led me to this scripture. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So this passage, it reminded me of a story back when I used to work at Subway a few years ago. So during the summer of 2016, 
I got my first job working at a Subway sandwich shop. Man, did I know how to make a good sandwich. I'm telling y'all, it was good. It was good. The Italian BMT, the meatball sub. The meatball sub was my favorite, by the way. But, yeah. I'm sorry. Food gets me distracted. <laughs> okay. So, during the early days of working there, I became uncomfortable with my boss's behavior. Um, he would cuss constantly. Uh, it seems his favorite word was F word. He's like, F this, F that. Um, that's, not, that's not cool with me. Um, but not only that, the way he talked about women, it was just so lewd and lustful. Um, it was just, it made me uncomfortable. But I tell you these things about my old boss so that y'all can get a comparative idea of what he would soon be like. So let's look back at our scripture. And let's discuss this first part. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So for me, whenever I work, I try to work with integrity and dedication. I strive to be a hard worker and do my best in all that I do. And I try to give it my all. I give it heart. And so I'm like that for two reasons. The first being because I love the Lord and I want to honor him in all that I do. And the second reason being because of my parents, of the teachings that they've taught me and how I grew up. And so my boss noticed these characteristics and he began to ask me why I was like this. Such so as a time when I was dealing with difficult customers. Um, trust me, there was a few. <laughs> but he asked me why I was so patient and calm with them. So I told him. It was because of what I believe in. I told him that I was a Christian, and we believe that we should love everybody, regardless of how we're treated. So after I told him this, he became uh, very curious. He began to ask me questions about my faith, about what I believed in. He would ask me questions like, what church do I go to? How do I believe in a God you can't see? Uh, what do I think of homosexuals? You know, easy questions. <laughs> but I very simply told him what the Bible says regarding these things. So as he asked me more questions, he began to learn. And little by little, I saw a change in him. He wouldn't cuss as often, nor did he talk so vulgarly about women. And even at times, he would ask me about things he was going through in life, or ask for prayer about things he was going through in life. It was awesome. It's awesome to be able to be a part of that, to see what God was go, uh, doing through me. Man, when we allow God to be our center and we do everything as if directly for him, it changes people. So I want to challenge y'all. Whatever y'all do, do it as if for the Lord. Let your actions and your works do the speaking and see what God will, go, what God will do through you. So let's look at the second part of the scripture. It says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Uh, I believe that this is talking about a heavenly inheritance. But we serve a good God who is able and willing to bless us even here on earth. So after a few weeks of working there, a promotion to shift leader became available. My general manager gave my boss the permission to... Uh, to uh, who, who uh, that promotion would go to. And so after a few days, my boss came up to me and told me that I am the hardest working employee that he has. And it's because of that I want to offer you this promotion. Guys, and whatever you do, work with all your heart. That's working for the Lord, not for human masters. And the Lord will bless you. And the Lord did just that. He blessed me. He blessed me with a promotion should I mention came with a pay raise? <laughs> that was cool. But he also blessed me by allowing me to minister to someone so lost. Man, I hope y'all are encouraged by the story. I believe that the Lord has called us to be hard workers, to be a light, to be a people set apart, and to be the, to be the difference in our workplaces, wherever that may be. Yeah. Thank y'all.
morning. Um, I want to talk to you real quick um, about Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. In a very simple statement, and be thankful. So when Pastor first asked me, um, you know, if I would preach and um, everything, I was like, of course, yes. And, and I immediately started, you know, praying, like, what would God have me to do, what he would have me speak on. And so I went through all these different things, and there were so many verses that spoke to me. And I was like, I'm going to preach on that one, and that one, and that one. And I'm like, I could have done a whole series myself, okay? Um, I could have preached both services easily. <laughs> Because there was so many things that just, I was like, yeah, man, I've dealt with that. And man, I need to do, you know, I need to figure that one out. And, and that one, and this one, and that one. And there was so many of them. And um, so uh, I think it was Friday, I was studying again. And this verse just jumped out at me. Because there's so many times and there's so many people that don't deal with peace. They deal with anger. They deal with animosity. They deal with frustration. They deal with anxiety, depression, um, worry, fear. There's so many things. And it's, it's so prevalent in our world that there's constantly people, you know, talking about they're afraid of this and afraid of that. And it's not even what some people would call simple fears, like they're afraid of spiders or snakes. But, you know, I mean, like Rose said, she was afraid they'd quit making CBD oil, you know. I mean, like there's things and they're serious to us. You know, that may not be serious to someone else, but it was serious at the moment for her. And so let the peace of Christ rule in you. It means don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. The Bible says it so many different times. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Anybody like rest? Like peaceful, restful sleep, just sitting in your chair and resting, watching TV. I mean, I love to get a cup of coffee and watch the Hallmark Channel and just rest. Amen? Um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. Like that's, that's rest in here. Like that is deep rest. Where you don't have to, to worry about everything. You don't have to think about everything. You don't have to pray about everything under the sun. Anybody else like that? Like you pray about every single thing? I found last night um, a list of like 100 people. I had written down all their names so that I could pray for them. And I'm like, why do you have to have their names written down to pray for them? Like why? God knows who you're praying for. I pray every day for my family at City Chapel. I don't have to go and name every single one of you. When I pray for you, God knows who I'm talking about. God knows which one of you is dealing with something specific that day, and he can minister to you. I don't have to know what you're going through. I can just pray for you. And he answers. Sorry, my phone is... Aren't these things supposed to be awesome? Because they're not sometimes. <laughs> um, you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If we will let him take care of it, we don't have to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. Anybody ever feel so weighed down that you feel like you can't even take one more step? Because whatever you're going through, whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're dealing with has got you so weighed down that you can hardly move. I've been there. Have you ever been stuck in bed? stuck in your chair, stuck at work, just stuck. But his burden is, e his, burden, his yoke is easy and his burden is light if we just choose to take it upon us. Um, Proverbs 12 and 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Have you ever been down and somebody comes up to you and says, man, I like how you look today. You look pretty. Or, man, I really liked that testimony you gave. Or, I love the song that you sang. It lifts you up. It, it, it just puts a pep in your step just to know that you blessed somebody just by what you were wearing or what you were doing. A good word makes him glad. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. It doesn't say he only cares for Pastor Harry because he's the pastor of the church. 
It says that he cares for all of us. From the youngest one in the room to the oldest one in the room, he cares for every single one of us. He cares what you're going through. He cares what's going on in your life. He cares about the things that you worry about and the things that make you anxious. He cares about those things. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. I mean, like, it doesn't, get, it doesn't get easier than that. Do not be anxious about anything. It doesn't say don't be anxious about your finances. Don't be anxious about your kids or your marriage. It says don't be anxious about anything. Anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't even worry about what you're going to wear. I mean, in Matthew, it talks about he clothes. I mean, he, put, he feeds the birds and he clothes the flowers. And, and, I mean, come on. Like a God who can do all that can't take care of you. Come on. Don't be anxious about anything. The second part of this verse talks about since we are members of one body, y'all, we are together as one. None of us are alone as long as we are a member of the body. You know, my finger doesn't work by itself. Okay? If you cut my finger off, it's just going to lay right there and do nothing. It will even stop bleeding. Because it has to be a member of my hand for it to work properly. And that's how we are. Like, we need one another. People ask all the time, can't you go to heaven without going to church? Yes. But let me tell you, it's going to be a whole lot harder if you do. If you don't gather together with other believers who can tell you, yeah, you're not the only one who's gone through that. Anybody else ever felt like that? Like, I am literally the only person who has ever had this thought. You're not. I guarantee you, you are not the only person who has ever felt that way. There's been millions and, and trillions of people who have thought the same thought that you have thought, who have dealt with the same thing that you have dealt with. You're not alone. That's why we come together is to lift each other up. I don't know how many times I've walked in on a Sunday morning and I'm in, I just, I wasn't feeling it. I just wasn't feeling it. And we would start praying, and I would start to feel a little bit better. And then someone would come in, and they would hug me. And they would say, you know, hi, I'm glad to see you today. And it was just like, yeah, I'm better. I'm better now because that finger was attached to me and said something to me. It's not the same when you're not here. Like, we miss each other when we're not here. I don't know about y'all, but I do. I know Pastor and Ro do. Like, when somebody's not here, like, I'm glad people get to go on vacation. I'm sorry when people are homesick. I'm glad when you get to be with your family. But we miss you because we are not a whole body when you're gone. Um, Romans 12 says, in the same way, though we are many, we are one body in union with Christ, and we are all joined to, to each other as different parts of one body. So we are to use our different gifts in accordance with the grace that God has given us. If our gift is to speak God's message, we should do it according to the faith that we have. If it is to serve, we should serve. If it is to teach, we should teach. If it is to encourage others, we should do this. That's a ministry, y'all, encouraging others, just giving somebody a pat on the back or a smile. It changes things. The last part is be thankful. You, you are alive. Like, hello. You are alive. You have clothes on your back. You had a way to get here. Maybe you didn't drive yourself, but you had a way to get here. You know, you have food. You have the beautiful sky. You have the grass. You have life. You have breath in your lungs. You can be thankful. Not all of us can always find something to be thankful about. Trust me. Um, I had a meeting with Pastor the other day, and he said, what are you grateful for? And I was like, you know, and it's the easy things. My kids, uh, thankful for my kid, you know, and like, I'm, you know, and he, he got two of them out of me. He asked me for three things. He got two of them out of me, and then we went on with the conversation, and then he comes back. He goes, okay, well, you said two things. What's the third one? And I was like, dang it. I thought he forgot. <laughs> like, um, the third thing is, uh, you know, so sometimes it's hard to be thankful, Sometimes it's hard to come up with something on the spot. I, all the time happens. I have a thankful journal that I write in every night, and I make myself write down at least three things that I am thankful for that happened that day. And sometimes it's just one of y'all came up and gave me a hug. Sometimes it's been a bad day, and one of y'all sent me a text message that just said, hey, I was thinking about you. That changes things. It changes things. God is good. Be thankful for that. 
have one last verse. The, the last part of Philippians, um, oh, it's Philippians 4, 7. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. With thanksgiving, be grateful for what you have. Be thankful for who you are because God made you who you are. Sometimes I'm like, man, I'm crazy, I'm loud, I'm obnoxious, I dance way too much up here, I sing way too loud. I don't know if there's anybody on the worship team that I have not apologized to for being so loud. I've talked to pastor about, like, I sing too loud and, and I get too wild, and he's like, no, do it. You know, there's a reason that God made me who I am, and I spent a lot of years trying to be who everybody else wanted me to be, and I have only prospered physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, in every aspect of my life, once I decided to be who he called me to be. And I hope and pray that I am a blessing and never a hindrance to anyone. But if you don't like me, you got to talk to him. It's all his fault. I'm blaming it on him, okay? <laughs> I only have so much I can control. But um, that I just want to end with that. Just live in peace. Be a part of the body and be thankful. I love you all. Awesome. Thank you guys for sharing your perspectives. And uh, yeah, it was really good stuff. That was awesome. I'm glad, glad I've trained you so well. <laughs> uh, no, um, no, I'm glad God's doing some great things uh, in and among us and uh, stirring up gifts and stirring up revelation. And uh, yeah, hopefully it's reaching out to you all as well. I would like for the band to come up and we're going to sing one last worship song here at the end. But, but before we do, um, just as they're getting ready, and you guys can actually just start playing through that chorus if you like. Just play. Um, uh, as I was looking over all of Colossians. Um, I really wanted to end our time in Colossians and um, with, with, with a couple things. One, just to remind you of my original goal, uh, which I shared uh, six months ago, uh, where I talked about the goal of preaching verse by verse through, the, through Colossians was first off that you would understand Colossians a bit better. Um, secondly, um, that you would uh, fall in love with the Bible in general. Um, so that's still my goal, um, which, which leads me to the fact that we're, we're, not, we're not done preaching through the Bible. Um, I, I, really, I really love the way that we did this, and, and next year I want to step into another book of the Bible. So if the Lord lays a book on your heart, let me know about it. Send me an email or something. Um, I'll look into it. I'm praying right now about next year which, which book we just need to walk through. Um, because I think it's really important uh, that you continue to fall in love with the Bible and that I continue to, to, to dig into the scripture. Um, but number three, that you would know Jesus, that Jesus is life, that you would come to know Jesus more um, six months down the road. Um, and so uh, you, because you can, you can fall in love with the book and you can learn how to read that. But, um, but he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is, he is what the book is all about. And uh, he is the spirit uh, behind the book. And so we, we, we we're praying that you come to know him and that you hear his voice and that you, you know him. Um, and so just as we're closing up Colossians, um, it's not over. You can always open your Bible, read through it, jump in the Blue Letter Bible, check it out. Uh, if you have any questions, come meet with me. Uh, happy to have, have, have lunch with you. Um, but also, uh, man, I, I just wanted to pray over you and bless you. Um, just as a church, just bless our church with the things that I've been seeing. We've been preaching from Colossians. Um, so I went through uh, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4. And uh, it's not going to take as long as my sermons did. But, but I just wanted to just wanted to speak these blessings over us as a body, over us as a church. And maybe not even just City Chapel, but also every church that's lifting up the name of Jesus in Austin. I believe that God wants this for every uh, body of believers that he has. And so uh, if you would just stand with me um, as we prepare to, to worship. And um, I'd just like to just speak these things over us as, as a body. Those watching online, speak this over you in your living room, in your vehicle, wherever you're at. 
Mia, you're on vacation, whatever you're doing. Um, I want to bless you. From Colossians chapter 1, I bless, I bless you that your faith will stay fixed on Jesus, that you will abound with love for one another, that Jesus will be your hope in spite of any storms that you might face in your life, that the gospel will bear much fruit in your life, that it will not be wasted on you, that you will always know God's will, that you will be filled with the Spirit. I bless you that you will walk in power and strength that comes from God. I bless you that you will know the affirmation of your Heavenly Father, that you will know His qualifications for you, that you will receive the salvation, redemption, and forgiveness that He alone can give, that you will know Jesus, His Son, that you will prioritize Jesus in your life. I bless you that you will, that we will fear only Jesus, that we will be connected at all times to the body of Jesus, that those in the city who are alienated from God through their sin will be reconciled to Jesus through the sacrifice of Jesus, but also through the suffering of God's people, that I bless you that your suffering won't be in vain, but that in your suffering you will fill up the gap between man and God, that your suffering will be a witness to all of Austin that Jesus is alive and well and working in this city that you and I will become servants of God's purpose on the earth, that you will see his power and you will know his glory. From Colossians chapter 2, I bless you that you will fight for the encouragement and the unity of the church, that you will be rich in wisdom and in knowledge, that you will be unmovable in your faith, that from your roots to your fruit you will overflow with thankfulness to God, that you will not fall for any of Satan's traps, but you will walk under Christ's authority at all times, that you will be made alive in Jesus, that every demonic power will be disarmed in front of you, that you will be free from all demonic oppression, that you will live without fear of judgment of man, that you will live far from the shadows of religion, and you will live in the light of your relationship with Christ. You will die to earthly wisdom, that you will lose, that you'll, you'll lose your connection with this world and you will never lose your connection with the head, which is Jesus Christ. That you will not allow anything or anyone to referee your heart except the peace of Christ. From chapter 3, I bless you that you will experience your own resurrection Sunday. Your own Easter. You will live with eternity stamped on your eyelids. That you will live in light and view of heaven. I bless you that you will look constantly for the glorious appearing of Christ that you will destroy your flesh with its nature. And in doing that, you'll be free from all anger, all rage, all malice, all slander, all gossip. I bless you that you will be renewed in the image of Jesus Christ. That you will be free to be your true self, the person God created you to be. That you will be clothed with and known for your compassion, your kindness, your humility, and your gentleness and your patience. That we will be the most forgiving people in all of Austin because we are the most forgiven people in all of Austin. That we will love selflessly. That we will be messengers of peace. That we will write new hymns, new songs, and new spiritual songs. That we will sing of the news of Christ's victory over sin and death. That we will have strong marriages. That our husbands will be selfless. Our wives will be supportive. Our parents will be shepherds. Our children will be carriers of courage. Our employers will reflect Jesus. Our employees will reflect Jesus. From chapter 4. That's good, that's good, but hold on a second. From chapter 4, I bless you that you will be devoted to prayer. I bless you that you will stay awake spiritually. I bless you that you will proclaim Christ in everything that you do. That you will make the most of every opportunity that you have. That you will be so full of God's grace that, as, that it'll flow out of your mouth in your conversations. That those who talk to you will encounter the grace of God. That you will be an encourager of people's hearts. That you will go to everyone that you have wronged and you'll make it right with them. I bless you that you will stand up for what is right even when it's not popular. I bless you that you will do the little things well. I bless you that you will fight for others in prayer that your greatest work, that our greatest work and our best efforts will be saved for the important work of prayer, that we will be known in heaven and in hell, <laughs> that you will pray without growing weary, 
that you will pray and see shackles fall, that you will pray and see the kingdom come, that you will pray and you will see yourself and others become mature in their faith, that you will discover your God-given assignment and you will complete it, and that you'll always rely on the grace of God. <laughs> Father, we just bless your people, this church, not only City Chapel, but every church in Austin that is that is seeking your face and is seeking the truth. We ask for you to make all of these things a reality in our lives because this is your word. This is your will for us in 2019. So we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen.